Welcome to our call. This is Barry and Richard from Las Vegas doing our Wolfpack call for Wednesday evening. We appreciate you being here. We value your time. We work very hard to make these calls worth the uh, the time that you spend with us. We're going to get started immediately into uh, our training. I, I made a statement just a minute ago that that this training, what we're talking about tonight, I really mean if you will grasp it and use it and devour it and use it some more, success will become inevitable. I've, I've proved it time and time again. You know, I did a, uh, just to show you that Richard and I practice what we preach, we're always talking about Stephen Covey and sharpening the saw of that nature. I have somebody that does professional speaking, and I sent him over a couple of our calls just to get some uh, uh, some tips. You know, how can we improve? What what do you think we're missing? The only thing he came back to me with was that Barry, you keep telling uh, people that uh, uh, you never teach theory, which we don't. But he says you need to give more stories about how that's actually worked, and I. I kind of hesitated a little bit. I said, well, I hate to you know, tell stories about myself. He says, people need to know how that was applied in real life, and, and it worked. So we'll see more stories um, actually starting tonight. The topic tonight, and, and by the way, the two quotes I sent out to everybody today, the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. Steve Jobs actually said that. The other quote I had that I sent out is, you have to just love what you do. If you don't love what you do, it's never, ever going to work. Donald Trump actually said that. Why am I still here in this industry after all these years? Because I love this industry. I love the, 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 the hundreds of thousands of rags to riches stories. We, we are the only industry out there that has so many of those stories where somebody's back was totally to the wall and, and they turned it all around in this vehicle called network marketing. So keep that in mind as, as we're doing this training tonight. I want to talk about our belief window and we all have one. We've been given the most powerful computer ever developed. It's called our brain. Every experience, every message that we've ever experienced in our life is typed into our personal computer. These programs that were typed into our computer and, and then uh, displaying on our belief window are all about what we can do and what we can't do, who we are and who we are not. And yet, research tells us that as much as 77% of all our programs are false. So let's just analyze that for a second. How would, how would you feel if we're all out in the middle of the ocean somewhere, and the captain of the ship we're on comes on and says, ladies and gentlemen, we, we've got a little problem here. The computer system that actually runs this ship, 77% of the information in there is false. Would you be a little concerned? I'll bet you you would, because I know I would. Every choice, decision, experience, or goal that you and I have is filtered through our belief window. Each of us, now here, here's something really key. Each of us are responsible for our own belief window and what we have written there. Everything in our life is a mirror of our consciousness. Remember a few weeks ago, we talked about that book, Brass Tacks, and that first chapter that Richard Burnett wrote about consciousness. 
absolutely critical to devour that. We are all responsible for the life we have today. We created it. It took me several years to come to, to terms with that and, and finally accept that. And it wasn't a coincidence that the day I finally accepted that was the day that I started to turn everything around. We are responsible for what's going in our life today. And the good news is, if it's a crap life, you created that with your crap thinking. But the wonderful news is, we can uncreate it with better thinking. We create our own reality by the thoughts we think and the words we speak. When we really understand this universal truth, then we will have the ability to change our world. You know, we talk about continuing on these calls. We live in a world made up of energy. Everything in the universe is energy, vibrating at different speeds that manifest itself in forms in your life. Electromagnetic field research has been proven now for over 60 years. What I'm suggesting tonight, well, as a matter of fact, uh, there's a lot of books on, on Belief Window. One of the best I have seen is called The Power of Perception by Hiram W. Smith. It's just a little book, but it's really powerful on Belief Windows. I want to read just a little bit out of here. He was actually called by the state of Utah to come to a, a gymnasium and, and, and talk to a whole bunch of troubled teens. These were teens that, that had alcohol, drug, uh, you name it, those kind of problems. And this is one of the statements that he made to them that I really like. He said, now listen, folks, I did not come down here to tell you what belongs on your belief window. That's none of my business. I came down here to tell you that you've got a belief window. You've got the same four needs I've got, and you're putting principles and beliefs on that window every day. Let me repeat that. And you are putting principles and beliefs on that window every day that you think are going to meet your needs. Are, and this is a question I ask each of us tonight. Are you mature enough to take the windows off Put it on the table and find out if these principles are correct. Remember, we've already proven that 77% of what we have on our belief windows are false. Another thing, just real quickly, on, on Hiram Smith's belief window, one of the beliefs he has is, I have been sent here to make a difference. Man, I like that. I really like that. All of us could adopt that on our belief window. Take a look at your life. That's the first place to look. And what isn't going right, then realize we've created that with our thoughts. That's what's written on our belief window, but we can change it. We can take care of that. Is it work? Yeah, it's work. Is it worth it? Absolutely. I want to give you a story now to back up this. And it's funny, I thought about this the other day in the shower. This story actually happened, I don't know, 30 years ago probably. And I and that was before I knew all this stuff about the laws of the universe and the belief window and all that stuff. And I finally connected the dots just the other day. Many, many years ago, I, I don't know, I was in my mid-20s. I was playing for, I, I, play, I always played on two different teams and, and coached a team. But I was playing for my dad, the greatest coach I ever played for, the hardest coach I ever played for. 
he did not accept losing very graciously. In fact, I always said he had the uncanny ability to attract the poorest losers in the world on his team. But that's okay. They just didn't like to lose. There's nothing wrong with that. Anyway, it was a basketball season, and he had changed the whole offense, and really the only one that got affected was me. And I went from a wing that I had a pretty good success at to the top of the key at the point. I didn't have good success out there. I, there were shots that I, I, I would make from the top of the key that I couldn't even, I didn't even hit the rim. You know, you see those basketball games where somebody shoots an air ball. I shot a lot of them. I could have moaned and groaned about it and said, why me? Why me? You know, this is not right. How come I'm the only one that has to move positions? But I didn't. For two years, I worked on that shot from the top of the key. Uh, uh, at night, in the cold, I'd be down at the school, the, the junior high school, outside on the outside baskets with those metal nets, shooting the ball from the top of the key. Because I just wasn't satisfied that I, I wasn't very good with that shot. Finally, the third year, remember, this took three years, I became very deadly at the top of the key. Fast forward to the end of the season, we're playing in the championship game. We're actually playing a team for the third straight year for the championship. We've beat them two times. This is the third time we're playing them. There's 55, and in this game, we, we didn't have a very good game. They had an extraordinary game. There's 55 seconds left on the clock. They're shooting a foul shot. They make it. He's got one more shot to shoot, and timeout was called. They went to their bench. We went to ours. Now, back to the, this is how long ago it was. There wasn't any three-point shots, by the way. It was You had to make, you know, when you made a basket, even beyond the arc at the top of the key, it, was, it counted two points, not three. Our coach, greatest coach I ever played for, said, gentlemen, look. And he pointed down to the other end of the gym, and their fans were going crazy. They were hugging each other. They were mobbing each other. Their players in the huddle on the floor were high-fiving each other. It was bedlam down there. And he said to us, that is totally unacceptable. And we're going to stop that celebration right now. He said, when they come back, they're going to miss this next shot. We were, we were 11 points behind. He says, grab the rebound. He told one of the players, grab that rebound. Get down the floor with our fast break score. Now, remember, back then also, there was no shot clock. Every time we scored, we needed six baskets in 55 seconds. Every time we scored, all they had to do is get the ball in bounds and dribble out the clock. They didn't have to shoot the ball. They just had to stall for 55 seconds. Well, we, exactly what happened, we went out and standing next to me, as we were waiting for this kid to shoot the foul shot, I was leaned over with my hands on my knees, and the kid, the only kid on that team I really liked, because he, he always ended up guarding me and I guarded him, we had a mutual respect for each other, he leaned over to me and said, and here's the belief window that I'm talking about, he said, Barry, I can't believe we're finally going to beat you guys in a championship game. And I said to him, you're right. I don't believe that. So as I was standing in the shower the other day thinking about that, if that was on his belief window, it was more than likely on all of their belief windows. 
I mean, there's, they're up by 11 points with 55 seconds to go. There's no way they can lose that. But they, on their belief window, they can't believe they're going to beat us at a championship. A lot of wild things happened in that in that next 55 seconds, and we were just we were maniacs on a mission. We were all over that court. We were stealing the ball, and and, and we were making baskets. It all came down to. Uh, and by the way, interestingly enough, when we'd cut the cut the lead down to four points, there was another timeout called, and this timeout coach said, "Now look down there." Their fans were totally silent. Their players weren't high-fiving each other. In fact, they were pointing fingers at each other and screaming at each other about whose fault all this was. It came down to the last play of the game. I think there was three seconds left on the clock. We actually had, had stolen the ball, called a quick timeout, we, and it was underneath their basket. So a play was designed to go to uh, one of our players named Ken, probably one of the better players in the league. He was. We got the ball into him to take the last shot, but everybody in the gym figured he was going to do that, and they immediately had three people on him. From where I was standing at the top of the key, I couldn't even see Ken. And all of a sudden, still to this day don't know how, but there came a bullet pass out of that crowd Right to me at the top of the key. He later said to me, I didn't know, I, I didn't even see you, Barry. I just knew you'd be at the top of the key. I grabbed the ball, went up and shot. As I was shooting the ball, this kid that had, had 55 seconds earlier said, I can't believe we're going to beat you guys, came flying through the air. He hit me, knocked me down. We both went to the floor. The referee didn't have the guts to blow the whistle. He's not going to blow... Uh, a foul with you know seconds left on the clock in a championship game. As me and, and Jay were laying on the floor looking up at the ball, headed toward the basket, the buzzer goes off, and yes, it was all net, and we had won. Years For years, people asked me about, man, how did that feel? I always said to them, ask the other players that made the first five baskets. Because without those baskets, my shot would have meant nothing. That is the power of your belief window. Logically, there was no way in the world that team could win. Are you kidding me? But their belief window was having a hard time believing they were going to win. Our belief window was, this is totally unacceptable and we're going to stop it. You take that same attitude into your life, into your business. Do what, what uh, Hiram Smith said. Do you have the courage to take your belief window off of your mind for a second, put it on the table, and analyze what's on there? Because there's a high chance that 77% of the information on there is false. There's nothing you and I can't do when we put our minds to it. Richard and I are looking for a few good people, and it is a sacrifice, and it is work. But there's, there's no better feeling in the world to just for that one moment know you're the best of the best. And that's what's available to each of us in this industry. Thank you. Richard, my friend, take it over, buddy. Well, Barry. I think I've seen that movie. I didn't realize you were the star in a movie. 
Eleven fifty-five seconds. Wow! And you scored the game-winning basket. I haven't heard that about you. I, I'm impressed. I'm really impressed. You know what really sums up, you know, the belief window to me is the statement we've all heard it. We've all heard it many, many times, and that's simply whether you think you can or you think you can't. You're right. I believe Henry Ford said that. It is about what you think. We all, that's 70%, 77% of false information that we carry around in our head, that gets in the way of everything we do every single day. You're constantly thinking there are things you can't do. A lot of times we believe we can't do it, and we've never even tried to do it. You make that assumption, you know, that might be really hard. I don't know if I could do that. I, I know I, I kind of think that a lot. I'm really trying to work on that. But my daughter kind of called me out on it, and she said, well, why do you think you couldn't do that? Have you ever tried and failed? No. I just think. Think. That word think, that using your part of your brain like that. Boy, what a horrible situation it is to have three-quarters of your brain filled with information that isn't correct. You know, one of the things that comes up constantly is your presentation of your opportunity to other people. I mean, we, we basically break it down to how do we get people on our team? How do we grow our downline? How do we grow our business? It's really about the presentation, the simple presentation of our information to someone else. Then, it takes over and they think they can or they think they can't. That's a problem we think all the time. Most people, again, think they can't do a lot of things because they've never tried it. And it could be just as simple as, well, I don't know if, if, if I could call up all my friends. I don't think they want to do this. And we prejudge. We start crossing names off of those warm market lists. Never prejudge. Let everybody else make their own decision. We need to start telling ourselves, I can do better. I can learn to do better. I can get help to do better, especially when it comes to the simple presentation. So many people really try to make things a lot harder than they are to talk about your opportunity. Most people are interested enough to listen to what you have to say. Make it short, make it simple, use tools that are available. But know, know that if you talk to enough people, you're going to find people that think like you. And those are what you're really looking for. You're sorting through the people, trying to find the people that are, I guess, only using that 23% of our brain that's accurate in, wow, I think I can do that. And you think that immediately. You know, life doesn't get better by chance. It gets better by change. And you really have to start with the simple belief window of believing that you can do things better or that you can even do them at all. You don't want to keep thinking you can't do things and you've never tried them. And when you try them, like I just said, remember, you can do them better. What did you ever do the first time that was nearly as good as the tenth time?
You know, we don't don't just start riding a bike. You got to kind of learn to ride a bike. You know, my daughter knew she could ride a bike. She started riding a bike, I believe, within five minutes. We barely pushed her down the street. My son, he had some doubts. I'm not sure where they came from. Maybe he'd seen one of his friends fall on a bike. He had a little bit more doubts. It took him maybe a half an hour. We were actually on vacation. We had bikes tied to the back of the RV we owned at the time. And in a big parking lot, I decided, no more messing around. Those little wheels come off. You can do this. And I believe it was his little sister's prodding and it kept saying, you can do this. You can do it. She was very little at the time. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. She said, you're a big boy now. My son was probably five. So don't get stuck thinking about all these things that you can't do. Give them a try. And then no matter how they are, you can always make them better. You can always make them better. You know, and I say it a lot, but I truly mean it. Don't measure your success in the short term. And this really comes to talk to the simple getting people to see your presentation. Not a half an hour home meeting. I'm talking about the simple presentation that we casually bring up in conversation somewhere. It could be with a new person. It could be with old friends. Yes, it can happen at lunch or dinner. It can happen at the workplace. We all usually recognize that in our industry, a lot of times it's about a health problem. Well, there it is. You can say a couple of things, see how it goes, and then bring it up. As simple as, you know, I know a product that's really, really helped a lot of people. It'll probably help you. Why not give it a try? That That's about as simple as it gets. If you have a pain in your arm, like I've had for quite a while, and somebody says, I've got something I think it will help, why wouldn't I try it? I would. I did. And it did help. The power of the brain, we talk about it on a lot of the the calls. It's very, very powerful. I'm going to finish it off with, you know, failure doesn't exist until you quit. Don't let your brain tell you that it's over. Don't let your brain, your self-talk to yourself go, I can't do this. Or this just isn't going to. Yes, it will. I believe Anyone and everyone can absolutely change their thinking in a way to get positive results. And we all want positive results. We want to help other people have positive results. That's why we're in this industry. Barry and I were talking about it earlier today. I I just don't know of another industry that you can get the personal reward of helping someone else change their life with health and finances and at the same time, you're actually being rewarded. That's just the beauty and the power of network marketing at its best. Back to you, Barry. Right on, right on. Thank you very much for that insight into what you and I both know to be true principles, that we we, we also know we have those on our belief windows. It's got to be a team effort. It's got to be a team effort, just like those those five baskets that was made before mine. You know, 
total teamwork because we need each other. We depend on each other. Thank you, everybody, for being here tonight.